What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to Backstop Banter. I'm back, baby. I'm Hold back, up. hosting Wait. on the Wait. left side Wait. of the screen. I, I, I was actually long. changing. That I know right you now. were. I know exactly you were. Dang it. Uh, Michael is currently in prison, uh, if you cannot tell. Uh, he ate too many. Uh, Whoa, all- what's it going to be? What's it gonna be something I ate, man? Because, well, I mean, hey, we're we're both big men. Uh, I mean, that is true. Exactly. So you know, it's all right. It's not, listen, it's not, it's, who said it had to be anything bad? You made it that's bad. Right, that's right. So uh, I'm on vacation, a two day vacation, basically a weekend vacation. It doesn't happen in retail world. For all you guys that work retail, you will understand. You don't uh-huh. really get I, two I work, days off. I work. Uh, I yeah, not in a row. Uh-huh. Yeah, it hardly ever happens. Uh, I actually have worked eight days straight, and of those eight days, I closed four days. So I'm like, you know what? I'm off today. Let's just load up the kids and take off down to the lake. Uh, my mother and father, they have a house down here, so we're actually staying there. And I was like, wait, today's Thursday. i got to get my gear together. So here I am throwing into the van my laptop a lot, who is really not doing the best job right now. Grab my Unbelievable just- that this guy forgets his own show. Uh, you I think it would be I'm important here. to him at this stage in life. I mean, it's not like, you know what? Look at the dedication. Here I am on my mini vacation, and you've been off for like three solid weeks. Michael, and I still Michael. make this happen. Michael. But anyway, so I have been sorry. Doing three shows a week for months I mean, now. I'm doing two. Yeah, I guess what's more than two? It's three. Okay. But since we're going to do that now, Anthony, I'm going to throw this at you. Three kids all under the age of four, you two shows. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. You got a wife. It doesn't all fall on her. It's oh, a tag probably does, Michael, I know Full she does Full-time job. I know she does more than you. College. Oh, now he's going to pull out the college things, guys. What about yes. me when I was in school working too, doing three shows in school? I know. Working. Part-time. No kids. Not married. All right. Who cares if it's part-time work? You want to know why I couldn't full-time work? Because I got school to go to. Exactly. But I'm part Full time and part time college. So all right, so we just swapped. No, I'm I'm still doing more than nine I'm line. I'm only taking two classes, so I can't act like it's a full time college. Exactly. I'm out here taking. Anyways, credit. let's bypass this, Connie. Listen, I've you know missed you. Have give me you? a vir- Give me a virtual hug. All right. What a guy. I don't know how this no, goes. This no, you know, high five. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's a wall. Anyway, so tell me about your vacation. Let's hear oh, what's going on. You know. Played a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. I uh, would like to announce to the world that I finally shot under 100. Oh, congrats. not only did I do it once, was it but a, twice? Was it a nine course? A nine course? No. What is it called? Nine holes, my guy. There we go. Nine hole course. No, That's- we only play 18 out here. Okay. Okay. Just 18 sure. holes. I shot, I think the, the first time I shot 98. And then the second time I shot 94. So I'm under 100 officially. I plan on staying there. Sounds good. I shot under, you know what? I'm a hillbilly. I'm not even going to act like it. Last time I, I went did, golf. Uh, I did break my club on accident, though. Well, that's, how'd you do that? And I'm going to tell you how I broke mine. I, uh, listen, I hit the ball and it just snapped. So you hit the ground, then hit the ball, and it snapped. Apparently, but hey. <laughs> well, 
like I said, I'm hillbilly. I love baseball. It was the ninth hole, and on my course here where I live, we only have nine, so actually you go through nine and just redo it again. I was tired, and I was like, you know what? I suck anyway, so I threw the ball up in the air to tee it off and just hit it like a baseball and hit it perfectly and shattered my driver. So I haven't played in three years since I did that, but it was the straightest and longest ball I hit off the tee, or from okay. the tee, I guess. So I was, I was quite proud of myself on that. All right. I'm proud of you. I am. Thank you. Thank you. But you know what? I'm even more proud of Michael Baseball, and I want to talk about it because – Let's go. Know, I haven't been able to for a little bit. Uh, What's crazy, as, as dull as a moment that we have in baseball because it's the All-Star break, you know, no games are being played other than the All-Star, this probably was the most intense, electrifying week that I have ever seen of baseball. This was a all-star uh, for short. This was a very hyped home run derby all-star event. You know, don't forget the uh, celebrity softball game. Mm, big yeah, fan. I, I'm, see, I'm a big fan of the celebrity softball game. You hate it. I'm a big it. fan. I think it's it's fun. It's in, it's interesting, but like, I mean, okay. You know, I am discre- I am disgusted though. DK Metcalf struck oh. out twice. Twice. On slow pitch softball. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. I'm telling you right now, I would never strike out in my life. I struck out once in I give it a zero softball. I give it a zero percent chance I'd ever strike out. I struck out once, but what it was, if the way we played it, is if you foul tipped it on the third strike, it's automatic out. I think he missed the ball in all three. I really did. Yeah, yeah, he didn't make contact. Like, how do you really? Like, come on. Come on, as, as big as an athlete as he is, if he hit the ball, he probably could have ran it down from home plate and caught it in center field before it landed on the ground. But yet you can't make contact with the ball. Disgusting. I am. Um, but we'll start off with the home run derby. Let's go. And look at Michael over here. You know, we got our Google Docs and everything. He thought he'd be so cute. He put repeat Alonzo. Look at that home run derby winner. Repeat. P-E-T-E. Oh, now that. Who would I ever thought about that? Nobody's that I, clever. I actually misspelled it. No, I'll play it. I wouldn't. Michael, <laughs> I would not put that past you. I really wouldn't. So, but So yeah. who did you want to win? Because, you know, we've talked about this in our chats, guys, where we have our, our bets going on or just the gentleman's bet, as you will. I was actually pulling for uh, Massini. I was so happy to see him go to the second round or the, the, the final, I guess you would call it. Just the story that he has, uh, stage three colon cancer a year ago to now what he's doing and playing in the – or having to – or getting to compete in the home run derby. I was just ecstatic for that and just thought that was great that his his story could get out there. Really hoped he would have win one, but I really wouldn't have put money on him. Uh, I was actually probably pulling for Gallo, who pooped the bed, really. Yes, he did. Um, I didn't really care who won. I didn't have a uh... – horse in the race, as you could say, because, you know, I didn't have anybody from my main team in this derby. Um, but I, I don't know. For some reason, I had a I had a strong feeling my man Trevor Story was going to go off, you know, in front of that home crowd type of thing. So he, ha- he did good in the first round, obviously crapped out a little bit in the second one. I can't remember who he – he must have lost to Mancini then, absolutely, actually. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking Trevor Story. Uh, I would have liked it if Soto won as well. Uh, yep. I, I don't know. I like him. And, I mean, 
hey, for the story itself, I I agree with you with Mancini as well. But hey, if if Otani actually did win that, I think the internet would have broke, and I think baseball would have been in the news to almost a NFL level for a little bit. For a little bit. For Yo, a little yeah, bit. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Baseball will never be football. I mean, we can't go back to the 1930s when it was like that. But if Otani won, that was the only thing that anybody was going to talk about. I mean, that was the only thing anybody talked about leading up to it. I mean, yeah. And I'm amazed, and I guess I'm in my little bubble here, but there's so many people that was talking about that Otani actually was going to win this. Like, he had a great shot to winning this. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was, he was going to either. He was number one, wasn't he? Like, he was ranked number well, one. Yeah, but I – were you talking like favorites to win or like just the season? The, the playoffs, the season that they had. Well, I figured it out because I thought the same thing as you. I thought some of the seating was disrespectful, but it was literally just based on how many home runs they hit. Oh, okay. So okay. Like, he had the most home runs, so he was the first seed. I, gotcha. I, I, I made the same mistake you did. I thought that like, oh, they seeded them here because of this and that. Right. But it okay. was not like that. Because And one thing I even mentioned quite a bit in the chat, just Otani, the way that he swings, which is a beautiful swing, not – Anywhere near King Griffey Jr. So let's just throw that out there. Thinking, no, I'm just saying. I mean, anyways. But it's a beautiful swing. It's effortlessly. But if you actually look at it, it's a lot of body movement in his swing. Like, he's taking a big lunge forward, almost going down first baseline like Ichiro did. And by the time he hits it to gather himself back up and get reset, that's a lot of time and that's a lot of effort as far as your physicality. There we go. And just to try to do a home run derby. Now, if it wasn't timed, if it was outs only, like old school time, I think he would have. I think a, he would have done worse. Really? I because mean, because it's first, not like, No, because wasn't it ten outs? It was ten outs. Yeah. The first like twelve balls he hit were line drives down the first baseline. He would have been I out know. before he even hit a home run. Well, yes, but also you're trying to think, hit as many balls as possible, and see if how many you can get out. Well, I mean, so what about can, the swing off though? Well, true, true. That is true on that. But I do think it would have been a different strategy for him. He could have been more picky and take a few balls, catch his breath, and say, okay, here's my swing on this, and take it yard. But I think the style of it hindered him. Now I'm saying I don't want that style. I loved it. The only thing that I would say bad about the style is by the time the ball is almost leaving the park, they're already hitting another ball, and you can't really keep up with what's going on. Like – Watching it on the camera was so hard. They did the two screens like we're at here. One's finally landing while the other one is being thrown to him to hit. Of course, I always thought it was a rule. It had to hit the ground before the next ball could throw. But you know what? When there's a million dollars on the line, you bend that rule just a little bit. You know, I was really hoping the ump would come in and like say, oh, let me check. Let me check that fingers out. I think it would have been funny. I think they should have. They should have just during that. Been a little bit entertaining, like in the like in the final when they called the timeout. The timeout. The timeout. They should have like walked over to the batting uh, the uh, pitcher and been like, "Hey, you got a little something." I think it would have been entertaining. But Manfred's not going to do anything entertaining. No, no, he's not. But it was a good home run derby. It really was. was. Uh, I think. To me personally, next to Josh Hamilton's show in New York, this was a very good home run derby. Like, very entertaining. See, to me, it was because – and it's almost the opposite of that. It's because it wasn't just the one person. Right. Like it was with Hamilton. Uh, I mean, the first round, I think – I think – oh, God. Matt Olson and whoever he went up against. I can't remember who it was. 
came down to like one home run. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo came down to one home run. Uh, you know, and then Pete Alonso, obviously, with that performance in the first uh, round was unbelievable. I think he hit 35 home runs or something of that nature, oh, wow. which is a record for the home run derby in the first round, I believe. Or in any, it might be in any round. Well, I know it definitely is for the first round. Um, yeah, he's actually also the first player to hit over 100 home runs in his home run derby career. Oh, wow. So it was fun. Uh, P. Alonzo repeated, obviously, as you had mentioned in that Repeat title. Alonso. Uh, uh, and you know, Michael, you know that the a million dollars he made winning that home run derby is more than his salary this year. Yes. Did you know that he already donated 50000 to a, I want to say, Vets, and then another 50000 to, uh, I want to say, a, I'll say a charity. I'll just leave it with that. But I think it's something for a children's hospital, but I, it was some other charity. And then I think he donated 900000 to uh, the Pete Alonzo Fund. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> no, but it was fun. It really was. I've always liked Homer and Derby. I said this on Gen Z that I, if you ask me, and it's not just because I like baseball. I think the home run derby is the best competition, like out of everything that happens in All Star Week mm-hmm. for all the sports. Like, listen, this, the NFL Skills Challenge, I do enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's, eh, or, uh, I mean, okay. The dunk contest, thoroughly enjoy it, but I like it when there's actually somebody valuable in it, and a lot Let's of the times it seems like there isn't. Let's go ahead and be honest. The three-point contest is better than the double contest. Oh, yeah. Contest I was going to say that. The, I was going to say, for me, it's the home run derby and then the three-point contest. I don't even put the dunk contest near the other two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would if it was a consistent thing, like when you had Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine going back and mm-hmm. forth. It was – yeah, it was right up there. But I, I couldn't even rename you who was in the dunk contest. No, I, I have no rookies. idea who won this year. Yeah, but – uh. I would agree with you, and I think it's because you actually feel like it's a competition or a challenge. You know, the the I like the uh, quarterbacks throwing whatever the you got to whatever going across. You just yeah. try to get it. It's it's more of a skill, but it's not really a competition on it. It's like okay, you get so many points, but if you really stop thinking about it, it's like okay, can you do this? You know, okay, you did it great. Now, all right, he just did it better. The home run derby, the way it's set up, it's a playoff. Like you know, it's 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 intensified by the clock and how many, how fast you got to go on it. Like you can feel the pressure. It actually feels like a competitive thing that's going on. Like you have someone you have to beat right here. Uh, that's why I think the uh, three-point contest is kind of that way. It's like, okay, I'm, I got my time running out. Got to shoot, got to shoot, got to shoot, got to get through. But then you got the dunk contest where it's just like, okay, someone's going to throw the ball up in the air, run and get the ball as it goes up, and then do something funny and dunk it. And they're going to do that's like my thing with, times. The, with the dunk contest too. Like I feel like – if I was older, it's all been done. That's what I was going to say. Everything's like they can't be innovative anymore because, like, what are you going to do? Trump out of a helicopter now? Yeah. The only thing you can do better is just do the same dunk better. Like, yeah, you got to like, be jumping higher. Like, like, we still get amazed when, you know, they dunk and put their, put their arm inside the hoop. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Vince Carter did that in like, oh, four, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, that's sadly almost 20 years ago. Like the next time someone's gonna have to dunk, they're gonna have to like put their leg in the rim and dunk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're gonna have to like jump off a trampoline and dunk with their feet. Mm -hmm. Which would be crazy. But if you jump off a trampoline, I think it defeats the purpose. But anyway, you think? I don't know. I think it might add something a little to it. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there since we're in the basketball dunking competition. Um, When 
Ryan Howard dunk on the 12 foot goal. Ryan and, Howard? I'm sorry, I'm in baseball mode. Dwight Howard <laughs> jumped and dunk the 12 foot goal. He got no respect for that. That is two feet higher. That should have been an automatic win for him, and they still gave it to Nate Robinson. And keep going. That was my banter. That was my, uh, what do we call that, walk-off rant that we haven't done in a long time? Never. I think twice maybe. Um, but, yeah, I like the home run derby. I think it's, like I said, up there with, with some of the best ones out there. Uh, I like – see, that's the thing too. Like I know – I, I think I like the home run derby no matter what because, I mean, it's home runs and you, it's kind of just amazing to see how far people can hit a ball. Uh, and speaking of that, Juan Soto hit one five twenty, which I think was the furthest one in that home run derby, I believe. Yes, that uh, was a record. By the way, I know you can't do this because the home run derby and the all-star game have to be in the same spot. But, like, if they kept the home run derby in Colorado, would not be mad. I mean, do we Only think there's more – of the elevation, right? I Do want we to think, see a bomb? Yeah, I, I feel like the atmosphere did help a lot, but it helped in a good way a lot. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, like that's we love. There's that. definitely home runs that, like, see, and here's my thing. I like the home run derby. I just wish, I mean, and it's the same thing with every competition. I wish like the big boppers would have done it, like. I would have loved to see Stanton do it. I would have loved to see Judge do it. I would have keep Pete Alonzo in there because he's obviously very good at it. Keep Gallo in there because even though he didn't put on a good performance during the regular, you know what he can do. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, Chris Davis of formerly of the Oakland A's, not the Baltimore Orioles one. Uh, I mean, then again, you could keep him in there too. Maybe if this was like six years ago. Um, but like I want those big power hitters that you know or can like bomb one because I real I truly think if Stan or Judge were in, were in this that they would have hit one five fifty. Oh, yes. I mean Soto hit one five twenty. Don't get me wrong, Soto, great player, good guy. Which is a record. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Record. Love him. I think Judge and Stan a little bit bigger than him. You know, just a tad there, guy. I'm just thinking here. Do you think that we could bring some old guys back for the home run derby? I would like to see it. I, I mean, I don't – I mean – I feel like I'm you not, have to move the fence in, though. Like, I feel you have to make a makeshift fence. I mean, I mean then, then again, how old are you talking here? I don't know. Like, in my head, I'm thinking like a Mark McGuire that, you know, of course he's way too old and back injuries and everything. But I'm just thinking, you know, the ball they're throwing at a BP speed, you know, where anybody can hit it. Yeah, I mean – I. I I wouldn't mind seeing it. Like you take, uh, maybe you do one side of the bracket as current players, one side is the old ones. What about then, a celebrity home run derby? I would thoroughly enjoy that as well. That would be interesting. Have like I don't know. We'll say Justin Bieber up there trying to swing for the fences. I mean, they listen. They do the celebrity softball game. Why not do a derby? We might be something on onto something here. Have a uh, let's see here. Have a chick out there. I'm trying to think of a. Uh, I would say Britney Spears, but you know she's too restricted right now. Yeah, you know, free uh, Britney, by the way, people. Hashtag that. No, hashtag uh, free Britney. Yeah, JoJo Siwa played pretty well in the Celebrity All Star game. Yes, yes. Yo, what's that girl? What's the lady's name? She was on the Olympic team for the softball. Jessica. Jenny Fitch. Jenny Fitch. She pitched some, didn't she? Yo, first of all, Jenny, if you're not married. 
in my line. Second of all, she could be in it. I'd love and to see a celebrity home run derby. See, I think baseball is missing out on that because all the other sports besides football, obviously. Backstop banter, celebrity home run derby. No, listen, let's go. Sign it up right now. I'll find a nice. Uh, we'll find a nice little league. Uh, it's got to be in Colorado. <laughs> nah, <laughs> got to be in Colorado. Now listen, we got if we're inviting celebrities, we got to do it in like LA because you know I mean, they're ain't, they're nice. not going to Ohio, Michael. I'm sorry. I don't even live in Ohio, but that's okay. Oh, Kentucky. Sorry. Same place. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. You guys all got fields of corn and nothing to do. No. Anyway, whatever helps no. you sleep at night. Um, Let's see. What else we got here? Oh, although, although, I did see my cow today. Oh, in person. In person. I took my kids on the way to the lake here. We stopped by and seen the cow. And where it's at, there was my cow, which is a longhorn, about eight eight to nine months old now. Um, he had his, uh, he had another cow, not longhorn, had a turkey, had some chickens, had a goat, had some bunny rabbits. It was quite, quite pleasant. My daughter actually held one of the chickens. Okay. Now you're really thinking I'm, I'm, I'm hillbilly as well, all. Get out I don't, that. Michael, I don't think you are. I know that you are. I, from my voice, my accent, I know, but you yes, know, I'm, yes, you are with the accent, but oh, it's wow. okay. When I was in Carolina, uh-huh. I kind of forgot I was in the South sometimes. And like, people would say something to me and I was like, whoa, I was like, wait a minute. Like the first night I got there, we went out to a restaurant Mm-hmm. The, the waitress waiting on us. How y'all doing? I was like, what the hell happened? Uh-huh. I was like, where but, am I? But it makes you feel comfortable, don't it? Like, it's like, wow, this Listen, is Listen, I will say, everybody is a lot nicer, I feel like. Exactly. You guys I mean, up in I'm, New York, y'all no, are no, we're all we're, we're terrible people in New York listen, here. I've yeah. told you before, I about died on the street of New York. Well, listen, See, that's because you probably tried to walk in the intersection. And let me tell you, the taxi's not waiting for you. No, guys. no. They got places was, to be. You don't Something remember the story? Sleep. I'm going to quickly here for you. I was chaperoning a high school trip my freshman year in college. Shouldn't have been chaperoning, but, you know. I, got no, I don't know why anybody would trust you doing that. Well, I saved a high school's life because he bumped into a guy who had a, a brown paper bag of something that he dropped and shattered. And that guy was like, I'm going to kill you unless you give me my money back. That costs $50. And I've got to walk three blocks to go get it again. Luckily, the guy was pretty much rich and just said, here's your 50 bucks. I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to swing Michael, here? Do nothing. I'll tell you. A lot of people <sighs> in New York are talk unless you say the magic words. There's three magic words. It's a sentence that you have to say in New York to actually get beat up. I can't say it on air, but I'm just saying. Okay. Go but, Mets. No. Nobody cares <laughs> about the Mets. Not even Mets oh, okay. fans care about the Mets. With that being said, something that I care deeply about, and the reason this show you know, I have special guests written in on it. We got a special guest, baby. Waiting yes. back here in the green room. Let's not keep him waiting much longer. How are we doing, my good friend, my new friend? Yes, sir. How are we doing today, Brandon? We're doing good. We're uh, we're doing pretty good. How about you guys? Doing all right. Better now. I'm on a mini vacation. I'm not in the dungeon. I promise Doesn't you. Doesn't he look like he's in prison? Well, I. Uh... I just came off a of vacation in Montana, so I can I can talk about vacationing in person. Hey, nice. Where was you at in Montana? Uh, far east side, so Sydney, Montana. My brother-in-law lives over there, and so it was uh, it was it was warm. It was very warm. I'll just say that much. I gotta ask, how close is that to Billings? Uh, I think it's like three and a half or four hours. Okay. So it's okay. it's still a ways east. It's just crossing over from North Dakota. So 
plenty of a drive from where I'm at, about 10 hours. So we split it up gotcha. the first day, which was good. Oh, wow. The reason oh, why I've been in pain, I drove a nice uh, 11 hours to Myrtle Beach. So Ooh, to the beach, Montana Beach. Honestly, oh, hey, listen. I'd rather go to Montana. I don't know. It seems like a lot of corn. Mm. The reason why I ask about billions, just so you know, Brandon, we have a guy and everyone that's watching this. We got a guy that comes on the show quite a bit. His name's Dalton Cornett. He's actually just signed with the Billings Mustang in Montana. Uh, probably less than three weeks ago, he was playing in Puerto Rico, but something happened where he had a chance to come back to the States and play and it fell through, but we ended up Billings, Montana. So I was just trying to keep it that. He's actually playing right now. I'm trying to watch it on my phone as we go on. Oh, is he? I did not know he was playing. Um, all right, but let's get in to the real story that is Brandon over here. So it's all about Brandon. Yeah, yeah, you know what the whole show is about. You we're, we're changing the name of the show and everything. Um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you just want to give a backstory of who you are to everybody watching, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, how much time do we have? No, well, um, any any time. Vacay. Uh, so I've been covering the Twins in some form or fashion since about 2010. I graduated high school in 2004, did the college thing, played a little baseball hey. in college. Yeah. 86 yeah. year old, or 86 right here, right? 1986? I feel, yeah, I feel 86 years old. So <laughs> all right. I, so anyway, I did the college thing. I did the baseball thing. And then I interned at Baseball Perspectives, interned at wrote at Fangraphs, started covering the Twins for a site here in town. And then when that went away, I jumped to another place. And when that went away, I just decided to start my own thing. And so that's what Access Twins is on Substack. It's just me basically being my own boss. I can write when I want. I can write, not write when I don't want. I'm starting up a podcast here next week. That's kind of a continuation of the previous efforts that I'd started. But I've been watching the Twins since I was eight years old back in 1993. Well, seven years old since I was 1993. Mm. Let me show the math. Comes <laughs> up. Um, and uh, I was a fan for about half that time, and I've covered them for about half that time. And it's uh, it's been quite a ride. Now, when it, you know you said you were a fan for half that time and then covering them, do you have to turn the fandom off when you're covering them so you can be i don't know if objective is the right word or you know not you know geek out because you're with the twins like do you have to turn the fandom off or is that just always going to stay there no matter what no you got to shut it off if you're going to be good at what you do and there's a unwritten rule no no cheering in the press box and that's definitely a thing so when i started covering the twins for the first full season in 2013 the outlet that I was with impressed upon me the importance of maintaining that ambiguity. And so there was no more Twins fandom. I mean, I still like to see them do well, and I still view them in a lot of ways like I did as a fan. It's just not the rah-rah cheering and, and, and all that. So it's a, it's a fine balance, but you have to unplug that fandom when you're in that clubhouse because you've got a job to do. They've got a job to do. And I mean, some people blur that line, but for me, it was important not to because I was starting from a point where I wanted to be taken seriously by the people who've been doing it longer than I had. Hmm. And so I had to follow those rules a bit more strictly. Right now, I can do pretty much whatever I want. Back then, I was very, very careful. 
I want to go ahead and ask because I am a Cincinnati Reds fan. And, you know, just want to ask here, how long did it take you to make that video? And for everyone that's wondering on this, I'll let you talk about it. Because when I seen it this summer, I was amazed and shocked because all I could think is how many times did you try this? You're never, you're never going to believe me ever. So for people who don't know, I created a band and they'll be the show carbon copy of the drive into left field by Castellanos apology, apology from Tom Brenneman. Oh, it was sincere. And it took me 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Wow. Nice. I think it was four, four or five takes I had. So you can't see, but we're in my office here. I had two 12 packs of Coke Zero. I propped my phone up to record my TV, and then I, uh, I just synced it up with the video on YouTube, and just boom, that was it. And fortunately, the way I, <clears throat> excuse me, um, fortunately the way I recorded it didn't show the whole score bug in the corner. So it wasn't four zero. It was actually just one zero. But everything else fit, and uh, the, the timing and the reaction by by um, um, Brandon was it Holland was it Holland that was pitching. The reaction was perfect. Oh, everything oh. was perfect, and it, it lined up real nicely. So um, I was I was very pleased with how it turned out. Let's just say that. And oh, I think I mean, it's I think it's still my pinned tweet. So um, I would yes, recommend people go check it. Yes, by all means, it was. I mean, when I seen it, and again as a Reds fan. Like when I seen it live, I was like, "Oh my goodness, did this really just happen?" And like, first of all, I'm sorry for the words that I said, and he just hit a home run in the top of the fifth, you know. <laughs> and then I seen it on Twitter, I think it was, and instantly I had to share it in our unwrapped sports chat and all the baseball guys. I'm like, "Listen, guys, this is phenomenal. Somebody just recreated this, and now I'm talking to the guy who recreated it, and that was just awesome." I would assume that you had to do it at least like a hundred games in my head. Like, you know, you used playing. I'm like, okay, I'm about to score here. I got a guy on third. I'm just going to steal home and make him make sure he gets out so I can get this guy up. So no, I, my, my favorite thing, my favorite thing like that though, mm -hmm. is somebody recreated the game. I think it was game six of the 87 world or the 86 world series. So the year we were born and they did it on <laughs> RBI baseball. So if you look that up, that took a lot longer than what mine took. There's no question oh, about yeah. that. That's pretty cool, too. Definitely check that out. Now, Brandon, I don't know if you're aware. You you have some more work to do, though, because uh -oh. <laughs> apparently, and I, I believe it was Castellanos again, hit a home run while they were doing a eulogy of somebody. <laughs> and listen, I'm going to need I shouldn't laugh. I, I feel bad about no, that. No, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh either, but I need part two. It's only fair. Yeah, I, I probably will. And then the other funny thing was I, I tweeted it during the All-Star game. It was uh, – it's the seventh inning stretch, and I stand up for cancer, like for cancer. And uh, then I had it interrupt, and Castellanos hits a homer. And I was like – I was thinking that was kind of funny. And then I thought, oh, I thought they only did that during the World Series. So they actually did the stand up for cancer during the All-Star game. And I was like, oh, no. That was a little uh, – we were flying a little too close to the sun with that one. I, I felt pretty bad. But uh, – you know, if you if you make a few jokes, some of them are bound to turn out bad. <laughs> I mean, that's true. 
That now, do you, get, do you get any flack for something like that? Or is, is it mostly over, you know, positive? Uh, You mean, you know, there, there's always going to be people that hate what you do. I mean, I'm getting crapped on for my uh, Pete Rose stuff right now. I, I You know sure what? I that. just looked at that before you came yeah. on. Hold on. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? Is. Well, it comes with the territory. Um, no, I just... You know, uh, a person I know on Twitter said that Pete Rose was one of the five most deserving non-Hall of Famers to be in there. And I was like, eh, I don't really think he deserves anything. And now I've spent the last 36 hours in a hellscape of <laughs> defending myself from that. And it's been 75, 25 positive, negative. But, boy, those negatives are uh, – if, if this was my first year on the Twitter machine, I'd probably be reeling it. Right now I'm just laughing, <laughs> just, just playing along. So you don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Remember, I'm a Reds fan. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of bad tweets in the last day or so. so it's uh, it's not good. Yeah, see, I, I knew I was stepping into a, a hornet's nest with a Reds fan bringing up Pete Rose. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I'm all good, all smiles. I just want to know why don't you think he belongs in there for the fans, not for me? Oh, oh. So no, like I mean, as a player, he's very clearly a Hall of Famer. He just. You know, he broke the the um the number one written rule, not unwritten rule of, of gambling, and he ruined ostensibly some careers. Mario Soto, and some people think he hurt Eric Davis. Some people think Cal Daniels. I, I don't know how much of that is true because that was all when I was like you, very young. Right. But um, sometimes it's a sin of omission versus a sin of commission. You know, you say he only bet on them to win. Well, he managed them to win and lose. So doesn't matter when he bet it was how he managed and it just uh you know beyond that there's a lot of unsavory things about how he conducted himself relationship wise with uh let's just say people that were not of age in the 70s so just all those things combined uh i could take or leave him all of his his accomplishments are in the hall there's more hits than ty cobb which is amazing but i don't need to see him go get a chance to to own up to it and didn't do it. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Oh no! And I'll say this: even as a Reds fan, I mean, it's been so long ago. I don't know much of his lifestyle. What all he did. I know he was a big partier, more or less. But uh, I was watching a Johnny Bench. Uh, I want to say it was on Netflix, just kind of like a documentary about him. And uh, Johnny Bench was talking about how during his time when he was great, the spotlight was on Pete Rose for the bad stuff. And then they had a little interview with Pete Rose and how he's like, man. Johnny hated me during this time because he was doing like, I want to say he led the, had 25 home runs when he had 20 attempts at stealing Mm -hmm. all 20 for 20 that he made. And it was just some big stat that he had going on there. And he's like, but the the attention was still on me and Johnny deserved the the spotlight then. And he wouldn't speak for me. He was saying like for a year, I don't know. I'm exaggerating on that, but it was just, you you really got a kind of a glimpse of what he was saying there of how bad of a person Pete really was. that took it away from the whole team. But he's still, man, he's a red. He deserves to be in there. So I I understand. That's bad. You know, sometimes it's just a bad guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. But I even look back to think, like, if Pete Rose never gets in, which is looking that way, <laughs> some of these steroid guys, if they were to get in, would that be like, okay, if we're letting Theo man, yeah. we got to go back to the Pete? It's a – No. For me, it wouldn't because the steroids weren't illegal until a very specific time. Gambling was always illegal. 
You know, sure. great point. Now, one question. Now, one thing because I do want to get into the Twins a little bit, but now that we're talking Hall of Fame, and you know, I obviously hate the Astros with everything in me, being a Yankee fan. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that they ruin their Hall of Fame chances? You know, a player like Altuve, maybe because I think he's the most Hall of Fame worthy at this moment. He has an MVP, obviously. You know, Baker. Well, Dusty Baker's going to make um, it anyway. He wasn't there when it happened, but do you rant. think, you know, another somebody rant. like Altuve ruined it? No, I don't. Uh, what's going to be worth watching is if guys like Nelson Cruz get much support. You know, obviously Cruz was a late bloomer, and so he's he's up against it as a DH. But they still talk about if he's worthy because he's playing well into his 40s, playing not only well as he turns 40, but deep into his 40s. Yeah. And 42, I think. He just turned 41, yeah. So how okay. how much are they going to overlook that PED suspension that he had seven years ago or eight years ago or, or whatever it was? And so I think when it's also to the commission of a, an act by one player versus a team, it certainly makes it easier to overlook when it's a team. And so the things that we do and don't know are a lot more blurry, you know, as far as Alex Cora was to blame, but what players benefited the most, what didn't. I mean, statistically, we see guys like Marwin Gonzalez have blow-up seasons and then kind of come back down to earth, and in the meantime, they got paid. Uh, And certainly we thought we were seeing that with Altuve before he rebounded this year and made the All-Star team. There were spots where we thought, you know, maybe he's done. So... I think the fact that he's bounced back now as things have kind of calmed down, I think he's probably kind of rewriting that. And I also think, too, it's going to be the kind of thing that people are a little more forgiving about than they are um, in terms of not only P-Rolls, but maybe even steroids as well, because it was just a one-year thing. And it wasn't like they just rolled in that World Series over the, the Dodgers. It was still pretty close. Which again, too, would probably make me more mad. It'd probably make me more mad, honestly, because uh, if I played against you and I was playing very well and just barely lost, and then I found out you were cheating, I'm going to feel like I was definitely going to beat you then. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm dancing around a little bit, but I, I don't think it's going to affect L2V's Hall of Fame chances as much. And beyond that, I mean, we have a long way to go with Alex Bregman being a possible Hall of Famer, Carlos Correa being a possible Hall of Famer. A lot of other guys have a long ways to go before we have any clarity on what kind of player they are for their career. But let you know, let's be honest. This sort of well, there's cheating in baseball or sign stealing in baseball. We know this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just the Astros took it an extra level up by using cameras and using other people to try to get the signs. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, mean I. I'm in. I'm in favor of stealing signs if you use it your own. Um, yeah, if you're on second base and can decode it, congratulations. Yep. Yep. Right. yep. Then you do the old, you know, you know, the old swipe, or you open your palm, or whatever you do. I, I think that's a great part of the game. It's mm-hmm. when you start involving technology, whether it's video or algorithms to pick signs, decode signs. If you're if smart enough that are from even the bench the team. To, to figure out that a guy. Yeah, if you can if you can figure out a guy's tipping his pitches by how he's opening his glove or how he's opening up with his motion, I think that's amazing. I think that's that actually probably makes you a better player than it oh, is yeah. just like a, a cheater. You're just better at the game, right? But, just um, a big study. You know, as far as stealing signs, 
yeah, yep, just makes you smarter. I mean, it happened with the Yankees. I think in the Red Sox series, they said Severino was tipping his pitches, and I, I mean, I watched mm-hmm. every pitch of that game, and I'm like, how do you, how do these people know this? And listen, they're smarter than me. But with that being said, I do want to get into the Twins a little bit because I think uh, before, it's bad. it is bad. bad. It's bad. Uh, besides my Yankees, I think that they're the biggest uh, disappointment of the MLB season. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Of course, I think that they were, you know, favored or you know, second favorite to win their division. That is obviously uh, not the case right now. I think they're 11 games under 500. Uh, what happened? Is there is there something you look at exactly? Do people just not perform? Is is there a fundamental flaw in the team? Uh, really, they just they dug a hole early, had a bunch of injuries, and just could not dig out from it. And the the biggest issue, if you were to isolate one thing over the course of the season, has been the rotation. The pitching the pitching rotation has been just dreadful. And a big problem with it is that. 40% of it was Matt Shoemaker and Jay Happ. Jay Happ, a pitcher you're obviously very familiar with as a Yankee no, fan. Who, never won him back, by the way. Well, he just, and he took a giant step back this year. He he had a stretch of, it was like 40 innings where he gave up a run per inning. And that, I mean, you can't win no matter who you are. You could have the Rockies 1996 offense back in you, and you're going to lose more than you win. So it's... Um, Shoemaker was even worse, and Kenta Maeda wasn't great and then got hurt. And You can't have Jose Barrios win every fifth fifth day. He's got to have some hiccups as well, and Michael Pineda dealt with some uh, some injuries too, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Alex Colome had some huge, huge blow-ups early in the season, and then it was just kind of everything that could go wrong did go wrong. They, they should be, in my opinion – within three or four games of 500, one way or the other, based on how the Mets have played with all their guys hurt, how the White Sox have played with all their guys hurt. The Twins can't pitch like those teams do, but offensively they've been just healthy enough that they should be decent, and this has been just an absolute abomination, just just horrible. Now, one, one question I want to ask you real quick, because I, I actually did see you say something about this on Twitter, is uh, Nick Gordon. What's his role going to be in the future? Do you think he's going to be there long? Or out past 2022? He's going to be a super utility guy. He He's not going to hit enough to play any position regularly except mm-hmm. kind of moving around. I think the hope is that he could maybe be the second coming of Danny Santana, which Danny Santana was a, a decent player for the Twins in his rookie season and just never really – progressed beyond that and he's bounced around he's been uh i think a brave or a member of the rangers i think he's the red sox now but a guy with a 26 man roster who can play maybe a little short might be a little stretched there but he can play second he can play center a little bit he's got a decent enough arm to play third those guys have value it's just a matter of did you really wish you had drafted him top 10 in the draft seven years ago when you did so I, I don't see him being a difference maker. I think they have too much depth in the infield, both in terms of Polanco or Rice Donaldson right now and Royce Lewis and Jose Miranda coming up. And so I, I don't see him being any kind of difference maker. He's not as fast as his brother, 
and he probably may not even hit as much as his brother, which is, is really saying something. Now, I mean, you, you said it yourself, just the term value. And, you know, we've kind of seen the first uh, stepping stone today with Jock Peterson being traded to the Braves. Uh, it's about that time. This is, you know, mm-hmm. trade deadline is coming up. Uh, I looked before the show, I think before the season, the uh, Twins had the 12th ranked uh, farm system in, in the majors. So obviously in the upper half, but mm-hmm. I would I only, can only assume that there's going to be a fire sale of the Twins. Uh, at least that's what I would think. Once again, correct me if I'm wrong, but who do you, who holds that value? Who's the, you know, who's the piece? Who do you think is going to get traded? You know, are they, are they, is it big trades that are going to really help the farm system? Or are they going to go for MLB ready players? Well, it's it's kind of going to be a unique dichotomy because their farm system has trended a little ways down because they've graduated a lot of guys, the Trevor Larnix and the Alex Kirilovs and, and all that here just this year alone. But they do have some pitching depth coming up that would have been probably closer if not for the canceled 2020 minor league season. So that hurts a lot. And so those guys are, are slowly but surely progressing. Jordan Balazovich pitched tonight for Wichita, and Louis Varland is moving up. They, they got a few guys in kind of different levels. So I think they sense that they have a chance to turn this around in the offseason. And I think they're probably right if they can get just adequate starting pitching and kind of patch some holes in the bullpen. The offense is in a good place. The offense is the kind of offense that can be top five in the AL. And if you mix that with the top – half rotation in the AL central, you got a chance. So, um, and we also have to remember this is a top, I think three team by Fangraphs war pitching wise, the last two years in the American league. So they do know what it takes. They just didn't do it this year. Now this free agent market was full of landmines. You know, if, if they hadn't signed Matt Shoemaker, but they would have signed James Paxton that blows up in their face after 21 pitches. And really it was like, okay, you didn't get Taiwan Walker. That's the one guy who's completely blown up. But so to to get back to your question, when it comes to the deadline, I think what you're going to see is impending free agents moved and Barrios and Buxton being a hold, unless the Barrios market just explodes. Like if Toronto offers gross hands and Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson or something crazy, because keep in mind, Brios has another year of control. So while Danny Duffy is out there and he's having a pretty good year, but he's making a lot of money, he's not super young and probably not a sustainable performance. Uh, you got Kyle Gibson who signed for another year, but again, we don't know how sustainable it is. Brios gives you really good performance. You look at the peripherals and think there could be more. And he signed for next year. He's young, throws plenty hard. It's going to take a perfect storm. And I wrote that at Access Twins a couple weeks ago. If somebody blows up your phone and is willing to give you what you're looking for for Barrios, you pull the plug because a year from now, you're either going to have to give them $150 million or you're going to get a, a qualifying offer and you're going to get a, a draft pick for them, which is going to suck. Now, are there- so, I, so I think they'll trade like maybe Cruz, Donald, or Cruz Simmons, Robles, Colomay, Hap if someone wants him. But I, I just I don't see them going into the core of the team. So it's more of a, like you said, it's more the impending free agents. This isn't a complete, we're starting from scratch type of thing. I don't think so. I think it'd be more like the the 2018 deadline where they flipped 
um, Brian Dozier and Zach Duke and Lance Lynn to the Yankees and, you know, a few other guys who, um, you know, they brought back some decent pieces, but not much other than, uh, I mean, Johan Duran in the, in the trade for Eduardo Escobar is still a, a feather in their cap. But, um, you know, when you peel off spare parts in July, maybe you get back a utility guy who can help you in the future. Maybe you get back a guy who never sees the light of day in the big leagues. It's, it just, it is what it is. We'll bring up this, <clears throat> excuse me. My internet must be going out a little bit. Okay. Just wanted to bring up the comment here. What's up gentlemen. Thank you so much on rap sports network. We appreciate you. Uh, Speaking of the Braves, you just kind of mentioned them, and I know we talked about this earlier with uh, uh, it was Jock, right? Peterson. Yeah. That was just trying. Do you think, and I, this is for you too, Connie, do you think there's a chance that with Acuna out that they bring in him in to see how it goes? I mean, they still got two weeks. You know, they made this trade kind of early. Do you think if it doesn't go well, they say, you know what, let's just turn right back around and see if we could get anything back for him? I think so. Yeah. I think in I think it was 2017 when the Twins did that with Jaime Garcia. I think they actually got him from the Braves and then they flipped him to the Yankees. So hmm. it was it was a switcheroo where he made one start. I want to say in Oakland, like he didn't even actually pitch in Minnesota. He made one start for the Twins oh. in Oakland and actually it cost him uh I always sound like I have something in my throat when I say his name, but it's Oscar Inua, who actually pitched really well for the Braves earlier this year before he punched a wall and broke his hand. Um, you know, it, it's possible that that's what the, the Braves are thinking because, you know, when you're 44, and I think they're 44 and 45 coming out of the break, he puts you about single digits playoff odds. I understand the pessimism. Now, keep in mind, in 2017, when the Twins flipped Garcia after keeping him for like six days, their playoff odds on the deadline were like 4.0% via fan graphs. They ended up playing in the wild card game after they got rid of Brandon Kinsler and after they got after they got rid of Jaime Garcia. And so it's easy to leave your season for dead with single digit playoff odds in July, but it doesn't mean it's over. And when I look at the Braves, what are they four games out of the division I think it is? Oh, something like that. Stay uh, the course. Check for stay you. the course. Got to stay the course if you ask me. Yeah, I think it's a fair thing as well. They are, yeah, they are four games out. They're uh, four games back in the Mets, and then the Phillies are ahead of them, but that's only three and a half, so they're right there in the mix. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the Mets are dealing with their own issues. You know, oh, yeah. The Mets have all kinds of stuff going on. Mets are injured everywhere. You don't know when Stroman – or not Stroman uh, – when Carlos Carrasco is coming back, although I think he just made a rehab start, so he's supposed to be joining the team pretty soon. Uh, you got to hope that Noah Syndergaard comes back and is still the same Noah Syndergaard that you, you know, had before. Uh, and I mean, listen, if that happens, then I think the Braves sell anyway because they look in the Mets and say, you know what? Let's be honest with ourselves; we're probably not catching up anyway. Uh, I mean, you lose a well, career. They're not going to sell anything. Big. Oh, no, absolutely not. I, I think that they're, you know, yeah. minuscule pieces, you know, like, you know, another twin situation where it's upcoming free agents, uh, things of that nature. But you're obviously not going to see the blockbuster yeah. trade. It's not like Freeman's going anywhere. It's not like Albies is going anywhere. Like, you're not doing that type of thing. So what's the worst that happens? Yeah. You traded for Jack Peterson. Maybe the next two weeks he catches fire. 
And then some team looks at him and is like, oh, my gosh, we have to have him. Look what he's been doing the last two weeks. And you can get even more back for him. So uh, what's the worst that could happen in, in a weird way? Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like laundering money. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's alchemy, taking $10 and turning it into $20. It is what it is. I mean, the, the biggest thing I could see them doing is is trading Dansby Swanson because they might non-tender him anyway. And I just uh, – I don't think and I mean, the happen. shortstop market is unbelievable this upcoming year. Right. So right. what, what's, the, what's, the, what's so bad about doing that anyway? Exactly. All right, guys. I'm going to ask you guys some players who are probably on the move. And I want to ask where you guys think they may go. Or a couple. You don't have to be like, hey, this is it. Okay. Just randomly, we're going to start with Nelson Cruz. I don't know why, but, you know, he plays for the Twins. He's a free agent next season, or at the end of this season anyway. So where do we think might be a landing spot for him? Tampa Bay. Ooh, Tampa Bay comes to mind first. I'd go Tampa Bay, White Sox, and Blue Jays in that order. Okay. Well, Johnny? first of all, I hate every I single you thing you just said. But – I, I hate I all these things too. you just said. Self-loathing comes being a creator. It works. I, I I don't need him in my division. Um, well, obviously it has to Neither be. Neither do AL. I, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it obviously has to be the AL team because he's gonna, you know, end up being yeah, the DH. Uh, yeah. Josh, let me look at the standings. See well, why you look? Because yeah, I had time to think about it a little bit. But I, I agree with you on the White Sox. I think White Sox is a place where it would be good for him. I even think Oakland A's would be a good I was going to say, what about the A's maybe? You know, mm -hmm. keep them far away from me. Mm -hmm. Oakland Oakland has that thing where they get the old DHs, whether it's uh, Frank Thomas back in the day. They had Mike Piazza towards the end of his career. Mm -hmm. They kind of like those Twilight DH types. So How I've much? seen people say they should see if – they can get Lizardo or Puck. I don't. I don't think that's. I, I think oh, you're yeah. looking at a C, a B minus prospect at best. Yeah. How much uh, money is he making? Is is Cruz making? I want to say it's like twelve million. So whatever, forty percent of that is thirty five percent. So you probably have to kick some in now. If you kick some into Oakland and it gives you back a better return, then of course you're going to do that. But. Does that take you from a B minus to a B plus prospect or a C plus to a B minus? I don't know. I just I, I don't I think it's gonna be underwhelming. See, and I think the main question for that as well is because you know you mentioned the Rays and you know, and then we mentioned the A's. They're obviously not known for handing out, you know, big contracts or even taking on players with big contracts. So hearing that honestly, I'm kind of surprised it is only 12 million. I thought I don't know why I would think it's you know much higher. But um yeah here i'm just uh, you know this is this is live right no I'm, oh, uh, cool. oh yeah oh yeah Listen, where is it is 13 million oh, okay i was pretty close one million dollars off gosh who gives this guy a job you know no i'm kidding <laughs> let's just be honest um, nelson's up in the age where he's probably going really. <laughs> you know <laughs> what the, the best kind of boss there is. yes sir yes sir but let's be honest real quick we know nelson cruz has watched our show and we know that he has seen some of our ads that we put out. And I guarantee you that he has went to rxhemp.com and used our promo code rxhemp slash 100 to get 10% off of your purchase, not just your first time, but any time. So for you guys that are of age of us here, 
if you do any kind of exercise or if you just get a sore back from sitting on the couch watching too much uh, exercise never or ever. yeah go to rxhemp.com use promo code usn slash 100 for 10 percent off of your purchase there yes, had to plug one in there next day go ahead condi what you better no, say no, go ahead go ahead okay. who i am dear and ready for him to believe chris bryant he's going to the mets I think so too. Uh, he's free agent, of course, at the end of the year as well. We all think Mets. Isn't isn't it bananas that they gamed service time for a year? They ended up not even really wanting at the end of it. They almost non-tendered him. Mm-hmm. They're going to trade him for probably pennies on the dollar because of how much money he's making. It's so funny that they they created all that lack of uh, whatever the opposite of goodwill is. I guess bad will. Um, all those years ago by having Mike Olt start at third base for those 11 games or whatever it was. Isn't payback a bitch. That's uh, that's former Twins oh, that's farmhand right. Mike Olt, by the way. I saw him saw him at spring training in 2019, and, uh, boy, he didn't have much left. Mm. Nice guy, though. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, that's always. All yeah. right, so let's go on to the next one. Uh, I actually seen somebody from the New York Mets uh, minor market uh, Twitter I don't know, networking, that said that the Cubs were there looking at a lot of their minor well, league prospects. I think, too, I think so. the Mets tried getting him before the season started. I think so. I can't – I've, I've got three children. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were, connected to him. they were connected to Arenado as well. And then when Arenado and, went and to – And Donaldson him, last couple weeks too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't see it happening, but – Yeah, yeah. So let's go on to the next one. Joey Gallows. Joey stink the bed, pooped the bed during the home run derby. Gallo Rangers. He has an arbitration uh, free agent in twenty twenty two. So he's got one arbitration year. Where we think we may see him next. I, or I don't. I don't know if the screens replay. So if I'm pointing at at Connie here, I don't know if if that's gonna come out. As oh no, you're pointing at me. I see it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's kind of like I was stupid, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I know. Listen, I wouldn't as, blame you, honestly. As his thumb went that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, th- I think he's a good fit for the Yankees, which is crazy. Oh, okay. Because of how many outfielders they had when they started the season. See, and I'm the complete opposite with you. I think it's a terrible fit. Why? <laughs> yeah, why? Well, he's going to absolutely right. annihilate the baseball there. Oh, no, no, no. He, We're he would, I think he would hit 40 home runs in the second half of the season, legitimately. He could hit a pop fly on accident, and it would be a home run with the short porch. Sure. Um, but, but you don't want to give up, like, Davey Garcia or something? It's not even the prospects either. I, The Yankees are so, like, you can't change anything because there's nowhere to put people. Like, so what? You're mm-hmm. going to have Judge – go from right field to left or Gallo play left? Because I believe Gallo's a right fielder. Am I correct? So he's got the big arm, so yeah. So you have him play left, I guess. Then that means who, – who's our left – I mean, everybody plays left field. Lacoste Gardner. or Gardner. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I've had this problem with the Yankees trying to look at trades all the time because it's just – their team is just so set in stone because with Stan not being able to play outfield, screwed them. Like I think when, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think when they, that trade happened, Nelson market if he could. Yeah, oh yeah, if that trade, if they knew he would only be a DH back when the trade was made, I don't think they do it. I think that they let no, him wait. go. I think no, they wait. let him go to the Dodgers or wherever the hell he wanted to go. No. But because I mean, now with with them 
it's Stan has to be the DH. All right, so you've already eliminated a position. They don't want Judge playing center field or right field even all the time because they're worried about him. You know, I mean, he's a giant human being. He should play first base. Yes. I'm not mad. Yes. But see, I know, but then here's the thing. Then you got to get rid of Luke Voigt because Luke Voigt can only play first. And then the other – I mean, he's mid. I was gay. I would go mid at best. I really would. So you've um, got no fluidity. No, that's the problem. And and you know, this is the other thing too. And people want to change the infield around. They want to put DJ at first, which once again, I'm not mad about. But then you lose, you lose him. You lose Voight. They want to slide Glaber over to second because he's a better second baseman than a shortstop. Then who plays short? Because you have what are you going to call Tyler Wade back up? Because listen, Tyler Wade, great fielder. He couldn't hit a beach ball if it was pitched to him. Didi Gregoris isn't coming through that door. You know what? Everybody hated Didi when he replaced Jeter. The the first two weeks, I mean, listen, I want to compare. I really do want to compare because I'm curious living in New York. Everybody's crazy and out of their mind. You got him on the What is the – what's like the Minnesota media like? Because like I said, the first two weeks that Didi was here, I think he made like an error and was only batting 100 in two weeks. And the chance were trading were for them to trade him. It's it's pretty tame. I mean, we don't have the kind of influence where it's like, um, you know, a big pressure. But at the same time, too, the fans are very wishy washy. You know, no, you if, if a guy plays me. well for two weeks, if the yeah, if, the, if a guy plays well for two weeks or bad for two weeks, it's their entire Gary Sanchez baby. Entire, yeah, their entire perception is based on that. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, Didi Gregorius was a guy that Twins fans hated because he killed them. And at the same time, it seemed like the Yankees just weren't that interested in bringing him back. Oh, no, they had no interest. Didn't even think that would about help, it. That would help them a lot right now because, again, you could move DJ to first, Gleyber to second, Didi at short, or, you know, the pendulum effect. You can move Gleyber to short and, and Voight to first and 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 – and DJ to second based on matchups and based on whatever, but now you're trying to jam a, a square peg into a round hole on a daily basis, trying to figure out how to how put these dinosaurs in order to stomp over somebody. And and I mean, your, your backup second, stomp. your backup second baseman is, is Rugnet Odor. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, it was, don't get me wrong. It's, it's crazy. Cause he bats under 200, but he might have some of the most clutch home runs on the team this year, but still, when he is your last option, but no, you no have versatility a whatsoever. No, He's on brand. That is the exact word He's I was brand, looking though. for. He can't play anywhere else. <laughs> no, that's the exact word I was looking for when I started this rant. Was versatility. The Yankees have none of it. It's yeah. it's almost a negative. You know like who I, you miss? Eduardo Nunez, Ronald Torres. Yeah, Ronald Torres was my boy. I love that little man. Both, both twins, both former twins. Hmm. Gosh, Therese was an animal for a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, there's just no fluidity on the team. But, okay. listen, if Gallo's going to go play left field, I mean, I'll take it. I don't know if that's – I just don't know if that's out of position for him and if that makes the defense worse. You know what I mean? Wow. So, we've had way too much yeah, Yankees talk now. So, let's go back to Gallo. <laughs> and let's talk about him going to the Padres because that's where he's going. Uh, okay. Are y'all cool with that? I don't see it. I mean, I got to play where to play where. I mean, obviously, Fam is their left fielder. Outfield. 
outfield somewhere. Yeah, they got Fam and Will Myers and who else am I missing? Uh, uh, I know Cronenworth, Tatis in the infield. Uh, yeah, he's I must be missing. Who are I must be missing somebody. Let's go to this Padres depth chart. And we used to play this game when I was in high school, where like people would just randomly ask me who plays second base for the X. <laughs> I would have to just know, and it was like oof, it was tough. Grisham, Fam, Grisham, oh, Myers, Grisham. and then you got Profar. So I don't. Could, could Gallo play first and have Hosmer hit the hit the pine? I don't see it, but. It'd be an option, I guess. I, mean, I, I would hate that. Well, was a, I mean, if, if I was a Padres fan, Hosmer sucks. I mean, if we're being honest, Hosmer is not good. Not good anymore, no. No, he's not good at baseball. Okay, let's keep on moving here. How about Kyle Gibson for the Rangers? He's got one more year at $7 million. Uh, let's see here. Yep, that's it. And so where we think are a good fit for him? Any pitcher is going to be Toronto probably. I, I think I think they'll make overtures for Jose Barrios, see the price, run away screaming with their hair on fire, and give up like their number seven or eight prospect for Gibson because while Lance Lynn cost Dane Dunning and more, Gibson's not as good as Lynn, even though he's making less, and he's also, I want to say, about the same age or maybe older. Mm-hmm. So I I get the sense that they could pull in Kyle Gibson, who, with that infield, I don't think, you know, with turf and a ground ball pitcher like that, it probably wouldn't be so bad. Um, but you could probably get him for a prospect that you or I probably could. Well, I don't think they're on turf anymore because that a, field in Buffalo the, is grass, yeah. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting they're not in Toronto. They're hoping yeah. to get back there eventually. But now that uh, L.A. County's doing masks again and, and the Yankees have their stuff, it's not looking too good to go back to Canada this year, I don't think. Yeah. Single tier. Single tier. Uh, you know what? I'll say I, Toronto, though. Call me crazy. I think I think the Mets are going to try for another pitcher. Uh, I could yeah. see it uh, just because. Especially, well, especially with how everybody keeps getting hurt. It, exactly. And, and Stroman had the hip thing. and You know, I was obviously listen to all the Yankee broadcasts. David Cohn says you have to have, like, ten pitchers going into a season or else you don't really have any. So – uh, what's what's one more pitcher? Uh, you obviously, like I said, you have to hope that Carrasco is good when he comes back. You have to hope that Syndergaard is good when he comes yeah. back. So adding somebody as insurance, not the dumbest thing you could do. Well, you look at the Padres, too, and how many pitchers they've had. Yeah, I'm, yeah Blake Snell's on the I.O. I think they put – I think they put Darvish on the I.O. as well. Paddock is not who he was before. What do you all think of the Cardinals in this spot? Or are we thinking they're not even going to be making any kind of buying moves? Let's see. We got them eight out in the division, seven and a half out in the wild card. No, they're dead. Okay. I'll say dead. Because I even thought maybe the Reds would make a push for him. Just It'd, be perfect. You know, It'd be perfect. That's his hometown. Yeah. That's why I would like to see him become a Red. But fingers crossed. But I'm not going to hold my breath <laughs> no, on anything. Uh, it would be good, and especially to look at this division and how it's situated now. Anybody who trades for Gibson has to sell themselves on, if not contending this year, contending next mm-hmm. year, because he's making mm-hmm. like seven, eight, nine million. It's it's something very, very, very. It's safe. seven million. I actually wrote that down. Seven million. seven million. So, I even said the Twins should trade for him uh, again because I think the Twins are going to be okay next year, okay. and that level of control with a cheap contract 
when you look at what guys in free agency are going to get, whether it's um, Kevin Gaussman or even the older guys, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, mm. it's going to be a wild, wild, wild marketplace. And so I think that going out and being proactive, even if you're not going to contend this year, might not be a bad move. Okay, I've got two more. Actually, three more. I've got to do it, and it breaks my heart. We'll go ahead and go here. Adam Frazier. Uh, of course, Pittsburgh, he's arbitration and then free agent 2022. What position is he? Again, I always mess him up. Is he their second? I think second? he's the first. But yeah, second. Second. That's a little guy, I think. Uh, I'm going to make Connie happy in this. I think there's a chance that he might, may go to the Yankees. Listen, I wouldn't be mad because, listen, I love Luke Voigt. But I am not against trading him and putting DJ at first and having a real second baseman that second. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, hoorah. You probably got to do a separate deal, though. I don't know that the Pirates want Voight. Although, yeah. I mean, Voight for Frazier might be a fair deal. I don't know. Frazier uh, doesn't strike out. He's you know you're, you're, It's apples and, and oranges in the sense that Voight's a big power guy and is a corner guy, whereas Frazier's a, a second baseman who doesn't strike out. But, I mean, if you find unique needs for each team, you'd probably maybe want to get a third team involved, someone who needs a masher, maybe the Rays or the, um, you know, if he's still cheap, the A's, you know? Hey, listen, maybe maybe they find the, his, he finds his way to the Padres, replace Hosmer. Right, and then the Pirates in that case get, you know, a, a decent prospect or something to to – because they don't need void for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Look at that. Hire me as GM, baby. Yep. This one breaks I'll say the White Sox. I'll say the Ooh. White Sox. All this talk about how Yankees are going to move all these players. And you know what? Let's go with the White Sox. Well, Madrid goes out for the year. And it's, uh, you know, I know Frazier's under control. Madness is coming back. Yeah. They could just as easily flip Frazier in the offseason when, uh, when things are – a little different, and I don't think he's going to be a crazy valuable piece. Second baseman at the deadline just don't go for that much. They just don't. Okay. Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> Nick Castellanos. Obviously, this would be us saying that the Reds are sellers here, which I don't want to believe that. He's got two more years on a deal, $32 million, but he does have an opt-out option in this year, I think. Whew. I don't think he's going anywhere. I hope not. I don't. I, I'm just <sighs> trying to think of a fit, though. Um, the problem with the two-year guys is it might make sense on paper now, but not a year from now. Yeah. You know, you could convince me that Cleveland could use them or the Yankees could use them in a perfect scenario. And then I look at the money and I look at next year and I'm just like, ah, no, no. Don't see a fit. I don't see a better fit than than Cincinnati, honestly. Unless, I mean, Philly. I don't we'll see leave it at there. That's Atlanta, good. Atlanta, maybe. Atlanta, maybe. That's hey, actually Met, who I thought. Hey, the Mets have had some stru- have, Mets have had yeah. some trouble with their outfielder staying healthy too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but they're I, like Billy McKinney. Of course, I wrote this down probably at yesterday at twelve o'clock midnight, I guess. And then I thought, you know, with Acuna out right here, maybe this would be the guy that you could bring in to lead your team. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he's, that attitude and that, that spark that he brings is wonderful. But, you know, we'll just leave it at that. I, w- I won't stay on my homework case here. Connie, you got anybody that you want to say 
And you can't uh, say Yankees. You know, no. if Castellanos went to the Giants, I could see something like that. And I don't know if they have room for him, though. Yeah. That's a th- I don't know the Giants outfield well enough. I know they got Yastrzemski, and I know they got Lamont Wade, a guy that I watched as a twin. I know they got Brandon Belt. I know they're pretty stocked in the corners, but if they can make room for a Castellanos, I could see that Actually, working. The the big player that – now, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, yeah, that was rude. He's our guest. Listen, you know what? Oh, I don't care. Okay. The, the, Michael, like you said, the big person just to ask about them. I think I think the Cubs are going fire sale. I wonder where Kimball Kimbrel goes. Well, that's what actually my Baez? next question. That's what that's my I think Baez leaves too. Baez. I think I think, I think they should blow it up. I think Baez stays. I think I think they trade Bryant, Baez, Kimbrel, and they try to find somebody for Rizzo. I think they try to keep Rizzo because he's their backbone. Yeah, he's, he's their Sammy no Sosa this time. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's like if um, when, the, when, the, when the Royals were trying to find a way to keep as many of those core guys as they could, and it wound up being Moustakas for a year, they couldn't keep Hosmer and they couldn't keep Kane. And, um, you know, it just, I, I just think that it doesn't make sense to uh, – I don't think it makes sense to keep Rizzo, but if they're going to keep any of them, it's going to be them. I also think it's a possibility the Twins could sign Baez this offseason to a bridge deal. And let me tell you why. He is brother-in-law to Jose Brios. That I did know, actually. Oh, well, yeah. I did not. So a two-year deal for him worth, let's say, 40-something million. A uh, nice bridge for him. Gets his value built back up. Convince Brios they want to keep competing. And then Royce Lewis, who is dealing with an ACL, can have time to ramp up. I like it. Trevor Story is another person I think leaves. Love it. I love Trevor Story. And if he goes anywhere, that feels like the A's coming out of nowhere and doing it. But I don't think it's going to happen. They've got a, a, a history, didn't they? Trade uh, Matt Holiday from the Rockies to the A's for, or was there yes. a stop in between? No, I, I think Holiday. I think you're right. I don't so know they, why I want to say he played for the Blue Jays. I know he played for the Yankees. <laughs> well, he was what Matt Holiday for the Yankees was like the McCutcheon, Travis Hafner. Um, yeah, like it was a the, tough time. The stopover veteran that they get like every year. Ichiro. Gosh, those Ichiro so days were tough, man. Yeah. I look so back I'm, at some of those lineups and almost cry. I'm a little disappointed here, guys. And I'm, I'm included on this as we say this because, well, did we really go into Kimbrel much? No, we did not. Okay. I think Kimbrel, I think the Reds should really look into Kimbrel, but that same division, I doubt if that happens. That's just me being Homer there. I never understand uh, that. The, yeah. Same division and you get the best return, do it. I think, I yeah. think going back to Atlanta would be a good fit for him, but it's not going to happen. I think coming to the Yankees would be a fantastic thing for him because our bullpen has been garbage recently. Yeah, I feel like the Twins might have broken a role as Chapman. Oh, well. I don't think it was the Twins. I think it was the sticky stuff. I do. You don't think the Twins hitting a couple <laughs> bombs off him in the ninth and not even getting an out? That's yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right there as well. But I'll I think – I agree with the sticky stuff, honestly. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough ride for him. So yeah. I'm going to need him to figure it out. But oh, we yeah. got some reinforcements. Zach Britton came back today, so – uh, so here's why I'm disappointed now, and it's it's dear to my heart on this. I really want the Angels to do good, um, 
but not one player did we say would possibly go to the Angels, and I feel like they're at the point where they have to make a move. Yeah, I mean they're nine games out, five and a half in the wild card. I just and there's still no Trout. Trout's on the coming. We know that at some point yeah, he'll be back. I think it's going to be too little, too late. Either Trout comes back and they pick up steam, and they're a frustrating 80-82 win team. Or they make moves and then Trout takes longer to come back and it doesn't matter. I just don't feel like there's a, a path to 89, 90 wins for this team. I just don't see it. So we're saying we're wasting another year of Trout. And Otani, by the way. And Otani. Well, I, mean, I mean, wasting a year of Trout that wasn't a year of Trout. It was a half year of Trout. That's just true. true. That's yeah. true. Now, you know, I just mentioned Otani. Obviously, he was the big story. Is he uh, – because, listen – I think you can say whatever you want. Half season, you're right. That Trout's still the best player in baseball. But I also say that you could drop him in the middle of Times Square and everybody would walk right past him because nobody knows who he is. So you could be as good as you want, but if you're not marketable, then it just doesn't happen. Uh, there's obviously Tatis in the conversation, Juan Soto, everybody likes him. You know, Otani, do you think Otani's, you know, our future face of baseball, oh, no. plaster him You everywhere? have to say Vlad. Why did you not say Vlad? Because, eh. Corner guys are so hard to market that way. If if they're a first baseman, I mean, you know, I think and, I think he's at, at minimum the fourth most popular player that I just said. We love our up the middle talents, man. I don't know if it's a bias or I was just thinking about this. Today. I think you could just make more flashy plays. Yeah, because I was thinking like Fernando Tatis Jr.'s defense kind of gets nicked because of uh, you know some things he doesn't do well. But I thought about it and I was like. If they moved him to second, how much less exciting would he be as a great second baseman as opposed to a decent <laughs> shortstop? If Derek Jeter's a second baseman, he's Mark Grudzelonic. Not really, but but I mean, it, we have this bias, and it's 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 a scouting based bias in the sense that guys who can play those positions are more valuable. But how is how is a guy that much less exciting when he moves to the other side of second base? It's just crazy. I never really thought of it, but yeah, I mean. I mean, I wish. Man, think of the last star that I wasn't. Wish we up had the Brandon Phillips at shortstop. That would have been amazing. But keep Barry Larkin, right? I mean, maybe oh yeah, not, not that maybe not quite that good, but it would have been a lot at least that flashy him. with that role. Yeah, Ryan Dozier for the Twins, great second baseman, hit for a ton of power. Yes, he Great play short, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Hmm. I wonder if it's just because you, ex- I don't know, do you exert more energy at short, trying to get those balls that you know are hitting the. I don't know. Well, it's, it's a tougher spot. There's no denying that. It's just a matter of um, how how that is valued in today's game. Uh, if you move Tatis from short, where he's a $30, $30 million a year shortstop to second, does he become a $15 million a year second baseman? That's crazy to me. But crazy. with the shift, do you think that's going to change any, the way they're doing the shifts now? And, of course, Manfred is talking about not allowing the shift. Because I think it, it hinders plays. That the shift is like you're you don't have to do it. There's any nothing else, any place. more than for them to take the shift away. Nothing. Yeah, I, I think too. It's it's a matter of familiarity in different parts of the field. Hmm. You know, you've got a third baseman playing in the spot of a shortstop, and so there's some respects where versatility, which the Yankees don't have, as we've discussed. <laughs> um, but for instance, if uh, if your third baseman is a, a former shortstop, and most of them are, but I mean a recent <laughs> former shortstop, like right. let's say. Um, Fernando Tatis 10 years from now, he would be a great third baseman in the shift because he played shortstop that recently. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it because it's like when you play basketball, 
when you're in the paint, that basket never moves. When you're fielding the baseball, everything stays still, but you move so much that you don't have to, you don't know where you are necessarily. So I think that part of the game is going to change a lot if they do anything with shifts as far as what is and isn't allowed. And it's going to be another big correction on the market of, you know, what are elite defensive shortstops like Andleton Simmons worth, as opposed to a guy who can hit a little bit and play a little defense like, uh, you know, Freddie Galvis or something. You think that they eliminate the shift? I don't think so. I don't think it makes sense to do that. Really? I don't either. I mean, and this is what they make. See, Michael, you're going to annoy so me now. You're going to annoy me now. All you know what you're going to say. <laughs> All you have to do is lay the butt down. That's it. Just butt it that way and you're on base. I don't believe in that. See? Thank you. But just that's hit all the you bowl, have to just hit the ball the other way. All right. Go. Uh, no, no. And, I know. And and the other way would be hard. At you and see if you can hit the ball the other way, Michael. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand that, but I'm just saying bunts. Like, the bunt should be pretty easy to do. All right. Is Nelson Cruz going to lay down a bunt instead of trying to hit a home run, which is what he's paid to do? No. Never. If it's – if it's the ninth inning and you're down by one. All right, maybe that's a different story. Maybe if you're down by one and there's a runner on third, maybe. But if you're down by run and Nelson one and Nelson cruises up, he wants to drive that one in by driving himself in. I agree to win. Listen, by all, all means, I'm not saying that I think that would be great to watch uh, 10 bunts in a row because they're playing the shift. Obviously, not, that would be boring. It's not great to watch 10 strikeouts in a row either. Baseball needs to have some kind of variety. That's why I think they should eliminate the shift because I think it gets more offense in the game. Might. I, I mean, how much, I can't stand the fact that I'm so excited somebody drills one up the middle and then there's a second baseman standing there. Like, it annoys me yeah. so much. Right there. Yeah. Or that or that they hit a, a rocket into right field and the shortstop is playing, you know, five feet you know, behind the dirt, and they're right there too. It yeah. annoys me. So I'm all for eliminating the shift. They're trying it in double A, apparently. That there yes, has to be two infielders on each on side of second base before the pitch. So what you're going to see is kind of like the volleyball, where you have to be in a spot, and then as the serve goes, you switch real quick. So the shortstop's going to be right at the edge. Yeah, of the but bag. you can't cover that much ground. You also can't I mean, move. You can't move when the ball's being pitched. I don't. I don't think that's legal. Right. So as well, yeah. It's not in, it's not strictly enforced, but I don't think it's legal. Right. Well, you know what? Strictly enforce it and make it legal because I need offense back. Deal. You know what, Michael? I don't have anything else. You I, have anything? I mean, I mean, we're at an hour and twenty minutes, and we're just now running out of things. I think this was a great show. I appreciate yeah. that, guys. Uh, I I, I, no, no. This is usually when we say go ahead and do any kind of plugs you got going on. You know, I do want to say that I remember something about a podcast starting up. You know, if you need. Two yeah. whole uh, co-stars on there, maybe <laughs> like a guest. You know, just hit a backstop banter up. We'd be more than happy to. So yeah, so I do access twins on Substack, and then I'm doing a podcast called That '90s Baseball Pod with former MLB reliever Greg Olson, who played from the late '80s to the early 2000s. Famously known for intentionally walking Barry Bonds with the bases. Yes, low. sir. <laughs> but he played for a number of teams: AL, NL, number four draft pick, Team USA, Auburn. Um, played for Buck Showalter, Bobby Cox, Frank Robinson, basically a who's who of managers from the 90s. And so we're just going to talk 90s nostalgia. Um, we'll probably do an introductory episode next week. We're going to get into the 1994 MLB strike in the next oh. month or so because we're coming up on the anniversary of that. And between then and, then and now, we'll talk about uh, 
you know, what, what it was like to face Ken Griffey Jr. in his prime and Barry Bonds in his prime. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it because there's a lot of meat on the bone and people love nostalgia in sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, you said the 80s to the to the 2000s? Well, it's going to be the 90s, but he pitched from like – No, that's what I'm saying. He pitched Like 80s? 13 or 14 years, I think. Yeah, he had, he had a long run as a reliever. And so relievers face everybody, and he played in the AL and the NL. So, he, you know, even before interleague, he was p- pitching against everybody. 90s, Yankees, Barry. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, A-Rod. Yep. The Reds. Time. The Reds. Yeah, I mean, Mattingly on the front end, A-Rod on the back end. That's a pretty big gap. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Incredible yeah. is what that is. <laughs> Where can they find you on Twitter? At Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And I'd be happy to have people check out accesstwins.substack.com. Just drop your email in there, and we'll put you on the mailing list. Yeah, it's a newsletter, correct? Yeah, it comes right to your mail email inbox. You don't have to even go search for it if you don't want to. Perfect. Said it comes right to your mail. You know, 86. Leave us Got alone. it. 86. Great year. <laughs> well, I thank you very much for being on the show. Of course, didn't have to, but you did anyway. You're a fantastic yeah. guy. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope you did as well. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, thank you, Michael. I don't know if you had anything to say before we uh, wrap everything up. No, this is all good. Just other than follow me on Twitter, MDLawson00. Obviously, follow the show. We've we now got a Twitter for Backstop Banter. That way it relieves some questions of what's going on from our baseball unwrap to the what is banter with it. So go follow that on Twitter as well. Uh, do catch my other live show on Saturday. Count the bucket with um, co-star, co-star, not co-host. She's the star. Amber, simply Amber under, I think it's simply underscore Amber. I might've said that wrong. Simply underscore AV, by the way, your own co-host. Don't even know the Twitter. Wow. I'm sorry, Amber. I do apologize. I'm old. I don't even know what really handles Look are. At this anyways, go follow all that good stuff. It's at 10 PM on Saturdays. Yes, sir. As for me, Anthony Conover underscore everywhere, basically. Brandon, once again, thank you for joining the show. Of course, welcome back anytime you want. Don't even got to ask. You just just DM me. Say, listen, I'm coming on today. I'm going to say, you know what? Go ahead. But uh, I thank you for being on the show. Guys, we will catch you next week. Thank you.